This is Dr. Mobeen Sayed with one more episode of Long Story Short with Dr. Bean from the FLCCC platform. Let's start our discussion. Today's discussion is very interesting. We're going to talk about how spike protein by itself, not necessarily connected to the whole virus, just the spike protein alone, how it can cause endothelial dysfunction, causing problem with vasoactivity. Vasoactivity means movement of the blood vessel, smooth muscles which change the diameter of the blood vessel, which is necessary for blood pressure control, and then how the spike protein can dysregulate the antioxidant function within the endothelial cells, also how it can cause predisposition towards thrombotic activity or microclot formation, and finally how it can cause inflammation throughout the cardiovascular system and in other tissues as well. So these are the main things that I'm going to discuss. And at the same time, also I would discuss how levoarginine can help regulate this imbalance. So let's start our discussion. So first of all, this is the FLCCC site. So this is a new design. I hope you like it. So there are various posts over here, protocols here, various news here and so on. So check this site out when you have a minute and the treatment protocols are all here as well. With this, this is the study that is primarily the driving factor behind this discussion. In addition to that, there are other studies that are linked as well, which are either supportive or more studies too. So let's start our discussion. So starting from here, this structure that I've drawn here is a blood vessel. Blood vessels within our tissues, within our body, can come in various flavors. There are large blood vessels like aorta that are directly connected to the heart. And then there are microscopic tiny blood vessels called capillaries. And based on what kind of blood vessel it is, how big it is, blood vessels have various layers. For our purposes today, I'm just going to work with three layers. And that is the functional layers. I've just picked them and removed all other layers. And these layers are, if you see here, this blue layer is a basal membrane. Basal membrane simply means a membrane on which some cells are attached. Normally, surface cells need a platform to stick to. That platform is called basal membrane. So, of course, blood vessels have an internal surface. That internal surface is called the endothelial side or endothelial surface. Those cells that are inside, so these are these cells here. Those cells that are on the inside, they stick on a membrane called basal membrane. So these cells that you can see here, these are called endothelium. Endothelium are the cells. These are kind of microscopic egg-like structures, fried egg-like structures. So mostly flat and irregular in shape. And where they have a nucleus over there, they are slightly projecting. So they really look like a fried egg and do not overlap with each other. And they also have, I'll discuss a little later, they also have gaps between them. So imagine if you are frying three or four eggs in a frying pan. And imagine they all have slight distance between them. Those are the gaps between the cells. And then outside the blood vessels, some blood vessels or larger blood vessels have uh, smooth muscles or layers of muscles around them. The point of these muscles, as you can see here, these red ones, is to increase or decrease the diameter of the blood vessel. 
and that change in diameter is used to regulate the blood flow and the blood pressure. So these are the three layers that I would request you to keep in mind. Now this is another diagram. So I have here opened up the blood vessel. We can see inside of it. This blue membrane is once again the basal membrane. These cells that we can see are all inside. These are the endothelial cells. So imagine this is an endothelial cell. Somewhere in the center is its nucleus. And then here these blue areas are the gaps between the cells. So here is another cell that is kind of more closer to us. Now what happens is these cells, endothelial cells, these cells produce nitric oxide. So nitric oxide is a molecule produced inside the endothelial cells. Actually, nitric oxide is produced in the immune cells as well. We'll talk about that later. At the moment, just the endothelial cells produce nitric oxide. That nitric oxide diffuses out through the basement membrane all the way to the muscular layer. Then the nitric oxide actually crosses the membranes of the muscle, smooth muscle cells and enter the cells itself, those smooth muscle cells. Once the nitric oxide enters there, it does some functions which we'll see later. So in this diagram, please keep in mind that the endothelial cells will produce molecules that would diffuse outward and go all the way to the deeper muscular layers and then enter the muscles, the nitric oxide, and cause action there. So I'm going to, that study that I showed you, this study was done on Syrian hamsters. These hamsters were infected with pseudovirus. So not true SARS-CoV-2, but instead a virus that was kind of inert virus, not dangerous virus, because they don't want the virus itself to cause damage. And they had changed it so that this virus was able to express spike proteins on it. The point of the study is to just see if the spike protein alone are present in the tissues in our body, what do these spike proteins do? And so these Syrian hamsters had the cells which are producing ACE2 just like we produce ACE2s. So let's see. So before we see the action that occurred, let's now see a little more of nitric oxide production in a regular physiological mechanism. So imagine this is an endothelial cell one cell. It is sticking on the basement membrane. Imagine the basement membrane here is our frying pan and this fried egg or an egg sitting in it is our endothelial cell. Inside the endothelial cells there is an enzyme called ENOS, endothelial nitric oxide synthase or an enzyme that helps make nitric oxide inside the endothelial cell. So ENOS. So it may be interesting to keep in mind that there is another enzyme called INOS or inducible nitric oxide synthase. That INOS enzyme is present in the immune cells, for example, macrophages and other cells. ENOS is different, INOS is different. ENOS is endothelial. It is present mostly in the endothelial cells. Now what happens is we are not talking about spike protein yet. We are talking about the normal behavior of our endothelial cells in the context of nitric oxide. So what happens is the ENOS enzyme works and what it does is it takes molecular oxygen, combines it with levoarginine and produces nitric oxide. In this process, it also produces citrulline. Citrulline can in turn be reconverted into levoarginine and that process can continue. And here in this diagram, I'm not showing citrulline. 
So citrulline can be also be produced and then that would become levoarginine again and then the cycle would continue. The point of the cycle is to make nitric oxides. Now when the nitric oxide is produced in the endothelial cell, it does many functions. Some functions that are of interest for us, which will become disrupted by the spike protein, are the following. Number one, the nitric oxide increases the production of superoxide dismutase. Superoxide dismutase is an enzyme that takes super radicals or oxygen radicals, these are the reactive oxygen species, and it converts them to superoxide anion H2O2. Then those of us who are medical professionals or students, we know that then some cells would have catalases, which would then take H2O2 and convert that to water and oxygen. So this is one action of nitric oxide. This is kind of an antioxidant help. In addition to that, nitric oxide can also diffuse out inside the blood vessel and it would work on the platelets in the vicinity and cause the platelets not to aggregate with each other. It will inhibit platelet aggregation. That inhibits the microthrombosis or clot formation. So there are many factors that help keep platelets in check when the platelets are circulating in a healthy system and they do not form clots. They do not form as many clots. There are always some clot that are formed, but they are quickly broken as well. So one of the factors to kind of prevent that clotting is nitric oxide, which would help prevent platelets from coming in contact and aggregating. So while you're hearing this, keep in mind that this all will become dysregulated with the spike protein. So I'll go to that in a second. Then, if you see on this side, an endothelial cell is capable, and actually most cells, but here once again we're talking about the endothelial cells, is able to produce adhesion molecules. Now these adhesion molecules, their job is to pick up or stop the passing by leukocytes or white blood cells or immune cells, T cells, B cells, neutrophils and so on. So these cell adhesion molecules are expressed on the surfaces of the endothelial cells with the help of NFK beta or NF nuclear factor kappa B small chain protein. So what happens is when this protein is active, it causes the production of adhesion or it triggers the gene expressions to make adhesion molecules and then those adhesion molecules are expressed on the surface of an endothelial cell. Which means that once these are stuck out on the surface, then this cell is going to have a greater propensity to catch the passing by leukocytes. And if it would catch them, they would then get out of the blood vessel and cause inflammation. Even if they stick here, they would cause inflammation. So you can say that NFKB causes pro-inflammatory behavior. And this behavior is blocked by nitric oxide. So nitric oxide, when present in the endothelial cell, tries to keep NFKB in check and reduce the production of cell adhesion molecules. Then, the most important function for today, the nitric oxide, as I said before, diffuses all the way out to the deeper smooth muscle cells. So once it goes in there, it does a lots of complex actions. The end result of those actions is that the influx of calcium. Now, just a quick side note. Muscle cells contract when calcium becomes abundant inside the cell. The muscle cells keep stores of calcium within them 
and the calcium can actually arrive in from outside as well. So that calcium that enters the muscle cell from outside, we say that this is the influx of calcium. Calcium influx is responsible for triggering the contraction of the smooth muscle cell. Actually other cells as well, other muscle cells too. Nitric oxide's function is to reduce calcium influx. So it goes and suppresses those enzymes that lead to calcium influx. So when there is less calcium coming in the smooth muscle, that would cause less contraction of the smooth muscle or rather dilatation or relaxation of the smooth muscle that would cause the blood vessel diameter to kind of increase and blood flow to increase. So that is a very important function. So now let's see what happens when the spike protein binds. So when the spike protein is present with the SARS-CoV-2 or just the spike protein by itself running around in our circulation, when it binds with ACE2, makes a number of mechanical changes. These are mechanical and chemical changes. First of all, spike protein causes downregulation of ACE2 enzyme. And what does that mean? This ACE2 enzyme with the spike protein attached to it is actually brought in the cell and destroyed. So this is called downregulation. Now there is a normal phenomena where when a receptor is attached to its substrate, substrate is the binding molecule. It is sometimes possible that complex is actually taken in and so the number of ACE2 receptors will be reduced or downregulated. In this specific case of spike protein, it's not just a very simple downregulation that this complex is actually brought in and destroyed. This downregulation occurs because of this binding. This binding here triggers a specific enzyme inside the cell that pulls this complex in and destroys it. So here, if you see AMPK, so what happens is, and this study is actually in the AHA journal, so it is a study in a mainstream journal. So AMPK or AMP activated protein kinase enzyme phosphorylates ACE2, MDM2 murine double minute and ubiquitinates ACE2 lyse788. And they believe that this activation of AMPK enzyme occurs because of the binding of the spike protein to ACE2. When that binding occurs, the ACE2 enzyme gets marked for destruction by ubiquitin proteins. It's a very interesting mechanism. This mechanism is not a normal standard downregulation of a cell. It is actually a pathological downregulation where an enzyme becomes activated which should not have been activated. But that activity occurs because of a specific area of the spike protein interacting with ACE2. So the end result is there is ACE2 downregulation. What does that mean? So if I see here, ACE2 downregulation will mean we have more ACE enzymes on the cell and we have less ACE2 enzymes. And we have done these discussions before that the ACE enzyme produces, that is part of the renin angiotensin system, and that those molecules, when they bind with the ACE enzyme, then we produce angiotensin II, which is a potent vasoconstrictor and pro-inflammatory molecule. And then that angiotensin II has to bind with the ACE2 to become neutralized and actually become a molecule that does the opposite effect and is anti-inflammatory. So now if the ACE2 is not present or present in less quantity, while ACE is already present and is continuing to be present in more quantity, the relative ratio of ACE to ACE2 changes. Now we have more ACE and less ACE2, 
which then causes pro-inflammatory state to increase and anti-inflammatory state to reduce, the result is inflammation. That is one. Second, this is the mechanism that is actually the primary mechanism we are discussing today. The ENOS activity. ACE2 binding with the spike protein causes endothelial nitric oxide enzyme activity to be suppressed and enzyme production to be released. So the genetic expression of making messenger RNA that will help make ENOS enzyme, that whole expression system is downregulated or suppressed by the spike protein and AS2 binding. So if you see here, furthermore, complementary increased and decreased phosphorylation of ENOS and this indicates impaired ENOS activity. So if you read this a little more, we also compared acetylcholine and sodium nitroproside induced. So they tried to see various kinds of vasodilatation and found out that the vasodilatation that occurs because of endothelial ENOS activity making nitric oxide that specifically is suppressed by the spike protein. Other mechanisms of vasodilatation are not. So spike protein actually targets ENOS pathway. So as we saw before, when the nitric oxide will reduce, then what happens is, number one, vasorelaxation or vasodilation will be less, which means vasoconstriction would occur, which means hypertension would occur, which means blood flow and blood pressure, the blood pressure would change plus the blood flow would change. And the blood flow changes, alterations to tissues can actually end up causing tissue damage. So that is one. Then as we saw that nitric oxide's function, one of the functions is to help reduce platelet aggregation. So when there is less nitric oxide in the vascular system, then there is more propensity for thrombosis. So microclots will start forming. Then oxidative damage would start occurring because nitric oxide production was helping trigger the superoxide dismutase that was helping neutralize the reactive oxygen species. And now nitric oxide is less. So within the endothelial cells, the reactive oxygen species will cause more damage. And that would in turn, number one, cause abnormality of the endothelium, cause increased permeability of the blood vessels and cause local inflammation as well. And if the spike protein is running around in the whole circulation, then the inflammation will be throughout the blood vessels. I remember I had done this discussion once before and I said, that this will be like you take a rake, you know, the leaf raking, rake and you go through the whole blood vascular system and the cardiac endothelium and kind of, which is called endocardium, kind of scratch them. And that would cause inflammation everywhere. And that inflammation has its own outcomes, including thrombosis and the tissue damage. Then, as we saw, nitric oxide prevents or suppresses NFKB to produce the cell adhesion molecules on the surface of the endothelial cells. So when there is less nitric oxide, then NFKB is kind of disinhibited to produce more adhesion molecules on the surface of the endothelium, which would cause more inflammation by capturing the leukocytes. Everything wrong. In addition to this, there is mitochondrial damage. We had done this discussion before as well. When this spike protein binds with the ACE2, that causes fragmentation of mitochondria inside the cell, which in turn causes mitochondrial dysfunction. It also causes mitochondrial respiration issues and it causes cells function issues. So important to keep in mind, and let me just very quickly show you, this is the other study. This study says mitochondrial dynamics in SARS-CoV-2 spike protein treated human microglia implications for neuro-COVID 
And in here, they talk about the mitochondrial fragmentation and dysfunction because of the spike protein. So I had highlighted just one part. As you can say, it is a thorough big study. But if you see here, alternately, NO also inhibits the replication cycle of SARS-CoV-2. So there is a possibility that nitric oxide actually helps be the antiviral as well. But anyway, so this is a study that shows spike protein's effect on mitochondria and cause and the fragmentation of mitochondria. Which means the near-infrared light therapy is very interesting because that kind of helps the mitochondria get back on their feet and start functioning again. So then, as we discussed before, when we have the nitric oxide less, because we have the binding of the AS2, then all of these functions are disrupted. Now, with this, this is our primary discussion. Then the question is, fine, we understand that there is a possibility of the endothelial inflammation, thrombosis, leukocyte adhesions, mitochondrial dysfunctions. What are the possible solutions? So, of course, one possible solution is near-infrared therapy that helps with the mitochondrial restoration. Then melatonin helps there as well. And, of course, if you go to FLCCC, Dr. Paul Merrick and the team's work actually has so many therapies and interventions that you can see a whole list that covers these things. In addition to that, levoarginine is another important factor. Why? Because we know that levoarginine is a substrate to enos to make nitric oxide. So that means having levoarginine is interesting, but now is another important thing. So I'm going to transition into levoarginine type of nitric oxide synthesis and how to use or potentially use levoarginine to help with the nitric oxide production. So let me quickly discuss a couple of things. In the endothelial cells, we have enos, and we just saw the whole function. In the immune cells, we have a different enzyme called inos. Enos in the endothelial cell is actually bound to the cell membrane surface on the internal surface. Inos, inducible nitric oxide synthase, also makes nitric oxide but in the immune system and it is a soluble enzyme present in the cytoplasm of the immune system cells. Inos in the immune system cells, when that becomes activated, think about it for a second. Endothelium in the blood vessels is trying that there is no inflammation and everything runs smoothly. On the other hand, immune cells function is that when we are going to work, we are going to cause inflammation. We are going to produce reactive oxygen species to, to kind of burst those species on the pathogens, viruses or bacteria and destroy them. So that's a very different need that immune system cells have. So when INOS is activated, that causes nitric oxide production in the immune cells where the nitric oxide inside the immune cells help produce more reactive oxygen species. And that actually increases inflammatory response plus it increases the capacity of the immune cells to attack the viruses, bacteria, fungi, protozoas. So very different behavior. That means if you just give nitric oxide as a therapy, nitric oxide as a therapy, for example, there was a there is still a debatable effect of nitric oxide, inhaled nitric oxide for respiratory system problems. And it is possible that nitric oxide in that case, when it is that inhaled nitric oxide, when it goes to endothelium, it will cause all the good factors. But when it goes to the immune cells, it can actually increase inflammation. So that debate continues. There are studies that say this may not happen. There are studies that say it can happen. However, the question for us is that how do we help endothelium? 
So the thrombosis and clotting and the inflammatory behavior of the endothelium and the vasoactivity is kind of helped. So the answer is very delicate, simple thing. And that is, and I'm going to show you the study to back up my statement here. That is to use levoarginine. We call it a donor of nitric oxide. So instead of giving nitric oxide, provide the patient with the metabolites, with the molecules that take part in the metabolism of producing the nitric oxide. And then the correct amounts of nitric oxides are produced where needed. So giving levoarginine is actually better than giving nitric oxide. And let me show you that study. So this is a study which is actually, you can call it a meta-study, an analysis of other studies for levoarginine. So here if you see functional role of levoarginine and in NO formation, levoarginine is a substrate used for NO produce production by NOs or ENOs due to its ability to cause nitric oxide generation, which has been shown to be a major endothelial relaxation factor. So we, we saw that. Now, levoarginine supplementation enhances ENOs expression in experimental model of hypercholesterolemic rabbit aorta. This is a 2009 study. Very interesting study. The study says, so these scientists were trying to figure out how do we increase nitric oxide without causing the damaging aspect without causing nitric oxide increase in inflammatory cells, immune cells, versus increase in the endothelial cell where it may be good to increase nitric oxide. So they said, we hypothesized that increased endothelial nitric oxide synthase, ENOS, and or decrease inducible nitric oxide expression might be involved in the preventive effect of levoarginine in hypercholesterolemic rabbits. So what they're saying is, when we give levoarginine to these rabbits that have increased cholesterol and their aortas are kind of inflamed, if we give them levoarginine, their aortas feel better. And now remember, if there is inflammation, then that means there are inflammatory cells there. And giving nitric oxide could have a risk that on one end it is helping the endothelium, but the cells are there as well that are inflammatory cells. And if they become dysregulated, because of extra nitric oxide, then the whole benefit is countered. But they said we have observed that presence of levoarginine or administration of levoarginine helps. So they said now the question was why does it help? And here is the answer. They said we did this study and we found out the IMT ratio. The IMT ratio is the intima media thickness ratio. That is the inner part of the blood vessel is called intima. Then aorta like major blood vessels have three main layers intima, media, and adventitia. So just the, let's say the health of the, the layer. How thick the layer is means how much cholesterol is stuck in it. So the IMT ratio in the first group having fatty streaks was this. No fatty streaks lesions were detected in levoarginine treated group. So the cholesterol and inflammation was not seen. So you could say that, hey, they're talking about fatty streak. Why am I saying inflammation? These fatty streaks and the cholesterol deposition always have the little foam cells and other cells which are inflammatory cells over there. The results also indicated that ENOS expression intensity in aorta was significantly higher in levoarginine-treated group, but no significant difference was observed for INOS expression between the groups. That is very important. So one group was given levoarginine, the other was not. Their INOS levels were the same, but... And so one was levoarginine. So inos did not increase, which is a good thing. But their enos was increased. So that means 
where we wanted the nitric oxide to be produced was helping, that was happening. And where we did not want the nitric oxide to be produced, for example, in the inflammatory cells, that was also happening. So then they conclude, they say, the expression of ENOS plays an important role in the protection of vessel wall from atherosclerosis. Levoarginine in drinking water has a beneficial effect in the enhancement of ENOS protein expression. So here in the study, they're not only proving that ENOS is useful and we should use that, they're also proving that it will not cause the counter effect of increasing inos and then having increased nitric oxide in the immune system cells. That's a very important point. Then there is another study here, implications of SARS-CoV-2 infection on enos and inos activity. And here they say that SARS-CoV-2 is more than the spike protein. It causes enos to be suppressed and inos to be increased. So it's a reverse effect. So that means levoarginine or nitric oxide donors, not the nitric oxide itself, the nitric oxide donors can help reverse that and that can be beneficial. And then here is another study, induction of citrulline nitric oxide cycle enzymes and no production in immunostimulated rat RPEJ cells. So here they said that we could actually cause the enzymatic induction to make more arginine from citrulline and that also helps or directly giving levoarginine also helps. Now, last one point. How do the inflammatory cells produce or have the inos in them induced? So here, nitric oxide was produced by cells after stimulation with TNF-alpha, interferon gamma, and lipopolysaccharides. So tumor necrosis factor alpha, which is an inflammatory cytokine, and interferon gamma, which is also part of the immune system. It is interferon gamma is produced by many of the cells, for example, T helper 1 cells and cytotoxic T cells. These will then cause induction of nitric oxide. So anyways, as you saw in the other study, levoarginine can help produce nitric oxide in the right place when the right place is endothelial protection. So this is the study and the discussion for today. Thank you very much. Stay safe, happy and healthy and please check out FLCCC site. There is a conference that is coming up and I'll see you again. Bye-bye.